0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When Jesus and his disciples had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil. Asking, "Who is this?" The crowds were saying, "This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee." The gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Here we are at the beginning of Holy Week. And it is an incredible gift to be gathered with you all online, where the five of us in a room were conforming to all those standards. Um, and I keep my phone with me because it shows me when you join, when we join together, and it has brought me a lot of comfort. Um, I miss, I miss everyone a whole lot. Um, this is more difficult than I ever could have imagined. But it's a new paradigm as we enter Holy Week. And in a world where we can be distanced from each other, I'm grateful that we can be connected in this way. And it's certainly not perfect, but it seems to be working, and so I thank you for growing with us. And I encourage you to say hello in the comments, to say hello to other people, to offer prayer requests, to offer words of encouragement because we're on this journey together and how we support and lift each other up is important. I'm profoundly struck by the text this morning. Maybe it's the new lens that we have reluctantly been given. The disciples are on a journey. They have arrived at the gates, entering the old city of Jerusalem, And we hear in the text that there were very large crowds, and they were shouting Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And I find myself a little bit sad, because every Palm Sunday for the last 20 years or so, I have been in a crowd of people waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna as if we were at the gates on that day. And now I am left wondering how our experience this morning can shape our faith to help us explore the Palm Sunday in a new way. There are no crowds, and yet we still shout Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus still enters Jerusalem. And here's what stands out. The whole city was in turmoil. Wow. The whole city was in turmoil. And for years I have focused on Jesus entering and the blessing of palm branches and the riding of a colt or donkey. We've told the story over and over again, and I've never noticed with the same eyes and ears this morning that a city was in turmoil. The reading doesn't change. Every year, Jesus enters a broken city, and people lay down their cloaks to usher in our Lord. And we've been so focused on what this means for us that maybe we have... Maybe we have missed the situation that Jesus arrived in on Palm Sunday morning. The city was in turmoil. I've been reflecting on this a lot lately. My spouse is a school counselor and way more in tune to how this is impacting people's emotional well-being. as She works to help her school navigate the loss of their physical community, the loss of senior dances, in pranks, in sports seasons. One of the things she has helped me to see is that our default way of functioning is to try to normalize a crisis. And what we are experiencing is not normal. And so what we ought to do to be healthy in this, if it is a crisis and not normal, is to be incredibly forgiving To be flexible, to be gentle with ourselves and with others who are looking for something to hold on to, of trying to make sense of living in a state-mandated lockdown. Because this is not the default way we operate. It's an important question to consider for all of us. How do we be gentle with ourselves? and others, forgiving, and flexible, and open. How do we extend this to the people that we encounter? This is an important thing that we can glean during this time. And now I'm wondering if the disciples should have taken the same approach when Jesus entered a city, a place, a time period that was in turmoil, And they had figured out how to move forward. It's important, I I can't seem to get through a Palm Sunday without drawing from John Dominic Crossan and Marcus Borg who, who write that there are two processions that enter Jerusalem on a spring day in the year 30. It was the beginning of the week of Passover. These are their words, not mine. The most sacred week of the Jewish year, in the centuries since Christians have celebrated this Palm Day as Palm Sunday, with the climax of Good Friday and Easter. One was a peasant procession, the other an imperial procession. From the east, this is what we hear about today in the reading, Jesus rides a donkey down from the Mount of Olives, he's cheered on by his followers. He's from a peasant village of Nazareth. His message was about the kingdom of God. And so these, these people journey from Galilee to Jerusalem about a hundred miles, and they enter at this incredible point, and from the opposite side of the city from the west, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea and Samaria and Edema, enters Jerusalem at the head of the column of an imperial cavalry and soldiers. It's a radically different image than a donkey and a colt. Jesus' procession proclaims the kingdom of God and Pilate's is about the power of empire. And these two processions embody the conflict of the week that leads up to Jesus' crucifixion. And so, Crossan and Borg write that Pilate's military procession was a demonstration of imperial power in Roman theology. Though unfamiliar to most people today, this procession was well known in, Jewish, in, in the Jewish homeland in the first century. So Mark, that we hear about in this community for which he wrote, would have known, or Matthew would have known about the standard practice of the Roman governors of Judea to be at the festival of Passover. It wasn't because of reverence. It was to stand above their theology, this theology that People were liberated from an earlier empire. I think I've offered a lot to swallow, so here's the point. We keep looking. We keep looking for liberation to come in all the wrong places. We think that our government or the powers to be are going to solve the problems of the world, and they might. Don't get me wrong, I advocate for faithful voting that aligns with what you believe and how you believe the kingdom of God should care for those in need. I don't know what that looks like for everybody, but I'm worried that when we believe that our savior is a stimulus package or a bailout or leadership from a political party as opposed to the one whose followers laid down their cloaks for each other to usher in the kingdom of God. I don't want to normalize a crisis. We are in one, but I also think that many people have found themselves in crises throughout the ages. Palm Sunday is a reminder that the city was in turmoil and that people found hope, not in following the empire's solution, but in following the way of Jesus. And we get to choose which parade we're involved in on Palm Sunday we too have a choice. Our faith can remind us that when we care for others, when we extend our belief that love is the ultimate answer in all of life, we choose a different way. We lay down our branches and shout Hosanna. I've been thinking about how we do that in this age where we need to distance ourselves to care for other human beings. We can do that by being gentle with ourselves and with others. We can do that by being forgiving, flexible, and open. We can extend kindness and acknowledge that we are trying to do our best. This is one way of laying down our cloaks and raising branches of coming from the east to enter the kingdom of God. Here are some other ways to pray for those in need. Pray for the people who are caring for people in need. Pray for humanity. Call someone you haven't talked to in a while. Check on them. Encourage them. Lift them up. Help with our campaign to send notes of encouragement to healthcare workers at UAB West. And if you have friends that work in healthcare at any hospital, or are responsible for caring for healthcare workers, reach out to them. Thank them, pray for them, support them. Share grace when someone seems to be stressed or anxious or struggling. Suspend judgment. Listen to your neighbors and friends. Try not to judge. Help a neighbor when it's reasonable and safe. Remind people they are loved by God no matter what. Life may be in turmoil, but we still get to choose who we follow. And when we follow Jesus, we find a life where love transforms everything that we have ever experienced. I think we find a way of being that is hopeful in the midst of turmoil. Because we come to see that God is present and that there is a narrative that is running counter to the story of Pilate and domination and suppression and control. And thanks be to God, because it is in this story that we find our lives transformed. We find peace in the storm. The city was in turmoil, but when we follow Jesus, we find peace, we find hope, We even find resurrection. Amen. Amen. I invite you to listen to this offertory anthem as we find a new way of being church. One of the things that can connect us and bind us it's maybe the sacrament of giving because it still connects us together. So I invite you to continue to support the church by either mailing in a check or making an offering through our online give site. Thank you.